Hey there, Internet! My name's Jack Packard. I'm a semi-professional video game enjoyer here for The Escapist. Hello, Nick Alendra, the editor-in-chief of The Escapist. Still. Still! This week, we're talking Ooblets, Death Stranding, Ghost of Tsushima, and then we're going to talk about Xbox Games Predictions. So hello, you know what? and welcome. What? <laughs> I just remembered that this comes out on Sunday, so these predictions will not matter by then. <laughs> oh, that's why we didn't do it in the first place. This week we're talking Ooblets, Death Stranding, and Ghost of Tsushima. And then... So hello and welcome. This is The Escapist Show. Alright, so Nick. Hi. Hello. Uh, this week I've been playing a couple games. I've been playing two very different games. The uh, first game I've been I wanted to talk about is Ooblets. 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 Ooblets or Oblets. Oblets. Uh, the game uh, I started following this game. <laughs> Omelets. Ooh, I love eggs. Uh, I started following this game a long time ago, back when it was called Moblets. But uh, unfortunately, the developer had to change the name, I think, due to uh, copyright infringement in like the UK or something. I don't know the exact story, but now it's Ooblets. And here's the pitch for the game. It's a little wacky. So it's kind of like Stardew Valley, except for the crops that you grow are like Pokemon. You grow right. your Ooblets and they're Pokemon, and then you get into Ooblet battles, but the battles are dance battles, and it's kind of like a deck-building card game. You... That's Ooblet. Complicated. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> why, why are these relaxing farm sim games always so complicated? Well, they're trying to be different, and yeah. so this one this one is going hard on the twee. It dumped a big old bucket of everything is unbearably adorable, but it kind of works. Even though I'm a cranky old man, the the overall tone of the game is like this saturin laced, like everybody's quirky and manic pixie dream girl like almost too happy that it's cringy happy kind of thing it's you know they're going for a thing they're going for a style and it all works because it's all very consistent but it's all very manic pixie dream girl right um uh, the game itself is a little i mean it's still like so it came out recently uh, on the epic store in early access we don't have a full release yet, and so far, they, it's a very small game. It's a lot smaller than I was expecting it to be. So you collect these ooblets by getting into dance battles, and if you defeat the ooblet, the ooblet farts out a little seed of itself. <laughs> Literally. All right. Farts it out. Um, then you take that seed and plant it, wait a couple in-game days, and it grows into an ooblet that follows you around. Therefore, you get to, like, grow your dance crew, is the, is the thing of the game. Yes, adorable. All the while, much like Stardew Valley, you're planting other crops, you're building relationships in town to get little missions to do, you're picking up garbage 
and uh, using it to trade in for the currency, you're fishing, it's, but it's not like, like all, for example, it's not big is what I'm getting at here. For example, uh, all of your dance battles happen in town. So there's no world to really explore yet. There, there's a couple areas that are closed off because it's in early access right. uh, and they say like, you know, we're working on this and so I think the world is going to get bigger, but right now it's very tiny and I, I kind of want to leave the town, you yeah. know, <laughs> like I'm ready to leave the town. It's too happy here. Send me out in the little wilderness. <laughs> well, it's just, it's not, I don't know, it's... It's uh, it's in early access right. is the thing. And so I, I think once we get to a final release, everything will come together. But if this was a game that you were looking for, what I'm going to say is wait. Wait until we have a little more content. Wait until everything's a little more polished. Right. And they did a Kickstarter and then they were partially funded by Indiegogo too, right? Or no, they have a Patreon. And they have a deal with EGS. This one, this one has been in development for a long time. I actually, I have a T-shirt. I have an Ooblets T-shirt, uh, my Rad Lad T-shirt. I don't know if I've ever worn it here on the Escapist Show, but uh, if I have, so you're the shill, not me. <laughs> so like i don't know like i checked my kickstarter and my indiegogo and i never backed it i think i just bought a t-shirt because i thought it was cool um but yeah this has been in development for a long time i want to say it's it, it is a incredibly small team if not a single person team um so it's just two people huh it's just two people it, it's just two people yep so i i'm gonna say hold off hold off until there's a little more in the world but what we have already is adorable and a fun little distraction the little dance battles also uh points because your character can be bald your your twee adorable character can be bald so 10 out of 10 game of the year and that's ooblets this week i've been playing ghost of tsushima uh, we didn't get early copies of it so kind of playing it with the rest of everybody else and so is Yahtzee, so expect a ZP review eventually. <laughs> uh, but I'm actually, I'm really enjoying this one. Um, so it's kind of like deceiving as like a big open world adventure, which it is, but it's also very much more structured, like a linear adventure game, mm. uh, which I, which I really enjoy. Cause then like the thing that I'm really liking about Ghost of Tsushima is that like, it's a very stripped back open world. So your map isn't completely chock full of like, all these little side missions to do or anything you know you go do the story missions you, and then there's a few things off the beaten path you can do and that's really about it there's not like mm -hmm. all these big rpg aspects or anything um and the other part that i really really love about the game is that like there's no ui when you're out in the world there's nothing on your screen it's just mm -hmm. this beautiful tsushima landscape that I'm having a hard time even continuing more than like two minutes without stopping in a photo mode, which I never use. I never use photo modes, but this photo mode, I just like every time I'm in combat, I'm like I gotta stop. I gotta take this photo shot. Every time I look over a landscape, I'm like I gotta stop. I gotta take a photo. I think like photo photo mode has turned into like a must have for any game because they realize it's just free social media. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, everybody's gonna take amazing pictures. Put a photo. Who cares? The thing is, the thing the game, is you can actually mode. learn how to take real photography in video games, which is really cool. <laughs> I think. 
uh, you know, when you learn how to use depth of field correctly and, and framing and everything, like you can, you can teach yourself how to be a photographer <laughs> in it. Uh, but anyways, so there's no UI in, in like the world at all. So, uh, one of the coolest mechanics is this guiding wind mechanics. So instead of following <laughs> a line that shows you where to go, they have this system where the wind shows you where to go and you just, and you're always, you're always grounded in the world while playing. It's, it's a pretty bog standard open world game mm -hmm. but it's the way that you inhabit that world that makes it so interesting and keeps you hooked into it it's a lot like breath of the wild i guess if you're gonna compare it to another game that's like you know i see something in breath of the wild i have to figure out how to get there but it's not it's not like assassin's creed right where you just you know follow the yellow dots on the on the road and your eyes here on the dots and not everything around you no and i think that's such a fantastic idea just it's you know it's something simple it's something very subtle it's like we need to show the players where to go but we don't want to take them out of the world okay wind like it's right. so, it's well, so the, best, the best part about that is that since you aren't just focused on this singular path mm -hmm. like you notice more things around you and you want to stop and explore more places it's, mm -hmm. it's an ingenious design thing and i really hope like other open world games take advantage of that because like a lot of times you know when you're so focused on following the waypoint you just skip over everything else right because you're like okay i have to get to that point and that's it right the guiding winds like all right you're gonna travel this way who knows what's gonna happen mm -hmm. and then you know emergent things happen as you go um well, yeah, I think yeah, that shows that shows a lot of confidence that the developers have in the players. Is where it's right. like you will find something you enjoy if you just head generally that away. Mm. <laughs> well, and so luckily for Ghost of Tsushima, its world is very interesting because the general gameplay is like, eh. like I, I like the combat, obviously, um, mm. but that's like all there is. <laughs> sure. So there's uh, you know some detective things but it's a, it's a simple you know click circle to investigate and he says some thought out loud so you know what he's looking at yeah. and and then you know uh there haven't been like i think they missed an opportunity to like add some like unique puzzles from like that type of culture and everything or something mm -hmm. uh, i haven't gone into the mystic quest yet or anything like that but in general it's very much a linear action game set in an open world so Yep, I just got to Act 2. I'm excited to keep working through it this week and finishing it up. Sounds great. So that sounds great. The last game uh, we're going to talk about here is Death Stranding. As it is now out on PC, so I finally got a chance to play it. N have you played How much have you played? Have you played it? I have made it about <laughs> 10 hours. Okay, okay. I forgot to go back. <laughs> that's super fair uh i've i've made it uh about uh or i'm not about i'm, I'm 21 hours into the game mm -hmm. and i think it's it's classic kojima which is it's so interesting and so frustrating all at once <laughs> i thought you're gonna say so interesting and so boring at the same time <laughs> yeah boring it, it can be it's yeah like the the core loop the de you know the delivery system you have you have to make a route uh to deliver these packages and you say okay well i'm going to deliver a package here oh i can also deliver a package here because it's kind of on the way and then when i'm here i can see if they have any packages to deliver to the other place and you know package management and all that jazz right like okay. that is super interesting 
keeping track of stuff like your your the wear on your boots, your package load. You don't want to load up too much because you also need other stuff to go with you. And if you load up too much, you can't pick up any other packages on the way like that in and of itself is so intriguing. I wish I wish I wish Kojima had a partner to slap his hands every time he made a dumb decision. <laughs> right. Because I feel like the big downfall of the game is its systems eat each other and they dissolve into nothing. So it's like, you know, you have this really interesting concept of carrying the packages. But then as soon as you open up a new land to, um, to the network, you actually get a little online component, which is really neat because that goes along with the theme of the game, opening up the bridges, being online. But when you get online, you can utilize other players' structures that they build, which also means you no longer need to worry about building structures because another kind of player takes that has- that puzzle aspect out of it. Oh my God, Nick, it's so frustrating yeah. because like that was so neat. It's like, oh, I found a really great path. Here's my ladders, here's my rope, done. Oh, a, another player found a better path and they have better equipment and oh, okay, I'll just, I'll just take theirs. I don't need to worry about it, yeah. right? It gets even more frustrating when you get into the second area and you're able to build highways and able to like build motorcycles because you don't need to worry about running into bandits. You don't need to worry about running into ghosts. You just take the highways to where you need to go and it takes all challenge out of the game. It's so, hmm. so frustrating. Yeah, I always, I always thought the social part of it was weird because like the world feels so isolating when you're in mm -hmm. there and then to have like things laid out for you just it took out some of that tension for me and i was like okay i don't have to worry about yeah you know this mountain's just easy now i just click forward instead of actually having to think about how do i get up this thing right like like there were a couple missions where they're like we want you know we want you to build a bridge so we can show you how to build a bridge you have to gather all these materials and build a bridge and you never ever have to do that in the game because there's eight bridges already built i think you, can, by I think you can turn off those aspects Oh, I don't know. I, I I don't know. That was, it was in the game. It was the game I played. Right, right, Very right. frustrating. But even even the other systems of the game. So like the the goopy ghosts, right? The the <laughs> fetal <ghosts>. the fetal <laughs> goopy ghosts. The, the stealth elements of this game, which initially are very frightening and a very real concern because you need to move fast or else your packages degrade, but you can't move too fast or else you'll get caught by the goopy ghosts, right? Right. But as soon as you get your blood grenades, those goofy go those goofy those goofy goopy ghosts <laughs> don't mean anything because you can kill them all. Right. And you can always carry enough blood grenades to kill all the ghosts, so you don't need to worry about it anymore. Same with the bandits. The first time you encounter bandits, they're a big deal, but then you get a gun that inca incapacitates them. And you can deal with bandits now with, with no problem whatsoever. Yeah, the first the first ten hours of that game had me enraptured. Like I loved mm -hmm. the world and everything. And then once you kind of got into the monotony of it, it fell apart really quickly for me. And I have a very hard time of wanting to go back. Uh, absolutely. Uh, same thing happened to me at twenty one hours. It's like as soon as I, as soon as I could ride on the highways and deliver all of my packages with ease, then it's then it takes away all the game part of it and then you're just stuck with this over bloated kojima story you think you're gonna finish it 
No, no, no I'm done. Gave up. I, I, <laughs> yeah, all the fun was taken out. Uh, right. Literally, all like my fun was planning out my routes and you know, oh, I can load this on my motorcycle and get this here, and that was my fun in the game, and it was all taken out. Yeah, not to be an armchair game developer, but I feel like if he had simplified it into just an adventure and of having to scavenge resources to get over these hurdles in the mm. world that would have made it a lot more interesting because like some of the even like the trailers the most interesting bits i see are like he's walking across a, a ladder across a fucking canyon like i was right. like okay that looks really cool i want to figure out how to do that set that up that way and exactly then, and you know early on in the game figuring out like oh i need to make sure i have a ladder just in case i need one but if yeah. i carry two ladders then i can't carry the full load so, right. oh, I guess I'll only take one, but I'll only use it if I really need it, right? Like, that's interesting. Yeah, man managing your resources and then not having right. the solution in your resources to... Or managing your resources and then getting to a part and realizing, oh, I didn't bring the right thing. Now I have to find another way around. Exactly. That's really engaging gameplay. And all of that is wiped out within hours of the game starting. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah. like... I know, like, so I feel really like... And he tried to make that experience, like, 40 to 50 hours. Uh, like no come on like yeah, come on 15 hours of that and I'm, that's that's enough probably well and i'll tell you this i still think that i like i'm glad i played it because there were a lot of very interesting elements from a game design perspective mm -hmm. and the majority of the gameplay was not combat focused which is unusual for any triple a game right so I, th I think, like, I, I still recommend that people check this out. Maybe get it on sale. <laughs> but, like, I still recommend that people take a look at this because it has so many interesting ideas, even though it's so bloated and those ideas fall apart yeah. uh, near, near the middle of the game. Near the middle 20 hours of the game. <laughs> yeah, I feel like at some point I'm still going to go back and try to finish it just because, like, it is it's such a different experience and it's, like, actually... I, I was really relaxed playing it for whatever, mm -hmm. and but I can only handle like 30 minutes to an hour of it. I can do one mission, and then I'm like, okay, just <laughs> no more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the, like there, there is some really good stuff in there. I know, like you know, as soon as you unlock your little motorcycle and you can suddenly carry more, but it's a little harder to traverse the area. Like that becomes a huge deal. I know I lost my motorcycle for a little bit because uh, I, I tried to drive past some goopy aliens and they swallowed my motorcycle. Oh no, I'd lost my motorcycle. And then I found it on my mini map, but it's, uh, it was raining there. So like my motorcycle was dying slowly, but no, I want my motorcycle. So like I'm rushing through these ghost areas to grab my motorcycle. Really, there there is, engaging gameplay buried under the weight of kojima yeah well again like it's the it's the adventure aspect of that game that's good it's mm. the the delivery menu hopping bullshit that's not <laughs> oh listen i i think <laughs> papers can be written on poor menu design for this game it's awful there's there's like a there's like oh. an auto optimizer button in that yeah. game and i used it every single time through my 10 hours of course, yeah. Load everything on your back, hit auto-optimizer, which, by the way, that takes away any of the, the balance aspect of the game. Right. Again, it, the game's systems eat each other. It's, uh, it's always funny when like, game designers want to make something tedious because they think it's going to be a fun mechanic. Mm -hmm. Because like the, the act of like having a load of stuff is supposed to be tedious for his character. Like right. You can tell. But it's also like for the players, like, Jesus Christ, just stop. <laughs> 
Well, but then they give you the tools to, to bypass it all, so then it doesn't mean anything. You just auto-load everything and then auto-optimize everything. It's, oh. Yeah, it's, it's one of those cases of, do you want to wait 20 hours for the game to get good? Not really. Oh, and like, see, for me, it was like the first three hours were awful because, you know, because it's three hours worth of cutscenes. Then the next 17 hours, I thought were really solid. Like, obviously, ups and downs, a lot of cutscenes, a lot of dialogue. Oh, yeah. geez. But that 17 hours was really great. And then it just plummeted. Just. <laughs> As soon as highways are being built by other players and you can use them and it costs you nothing and you can make your deliveries super fast, guilt-free without damaging a single thing and not worrying about everything, the gameplay falls away. Yeah. Yeah. Good news is I think you'll like Ghost of Tsushima. I think so. I got that. I got look. I got it right here. That's it's still in its physical plastic. copy of a game. Got physical, I, but I'm also I also got Paper Mario, so I think I'm gonna play Paper Mario first oh. to play something a little bit different. It's actually, something I kind of realized yesterday when I saw some people sharing their libraries of games. I haven't bought a physical game in probably three or four years. Oh, really? Nope. I mean, part partially because I get them all digitally review copies now, but oh, also like if I want to buy like if I want The Last of Us Part Two, I don't want to go to the store to get it or wait for it to ship to me. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I like having them around. <laughs> I still have that here, too. A, I don't I'm know a... why, but I still have The Last of Us Part Two here with me, too. Yeah. I have a very messy desk. You I mean, can't if, see if you it. Don't, if it's you don't want that messy. physical copy, you can send it to me. Why? You want it? Sure. Hey, you played it already. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we'll, send it to, we'll send it to someone We'll send it to someone in one of the live streams. Yeah, we'll do it a giveaway. And we'll do a giveaway, because I'm not playing it anymore. I'm done with it. We'll do, we'll do a giveaway. All right, now we're moving on to the topic of this week, which is poop. Oh, it's gonna be fun. And now here's the topics. So Nick, we are approximately four months away from next gen console launch. We don't know prices yet. They've been very sparse with gameplay footage, game announcements. I, as a consumer, am not filled with a terrible amount of confidence. Yeah, um, today's, you know, we just finished watching the Xbox showcase, and while I was very excited for Xbox, the whole showcase, and it was just like with Sony's, I'm like, where is the fucking gameplay? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my angry, angry gamer thing, is where's the gameplay, right? Yes. But like yes, every, yeah. like, <sighs> yeah, we're, we're four months out, like, hey, they finally showed off Halo Infinite today, and, and we'll save a lot of this xbox focus discussion for our next episode where we're going to have our first two guests ever on the escapist show two we're now. Have special guests and we're going to we're going to just talk about xbox games it's gonna be great but uh <laughs> yeah so you know we saw halo infinite today we finally saw the look a look at a next gen title it's not even next gen because it's cross gen it's on both xbox and xbox series <laughs> x and it didn't look super impressive yet um mm. And then Microsoft showed off, you know, all these other games, Fable and, and Forza and uh, Obsidian's new game and, and Everwild. And they're all next-gen titles and it's all pre-rendered in-engine stuff or CGI. We don't know the difference anymore. Right. But Sony did a lot of that too. Like, And when I go back to even think about Sony's showcase too, like what's they have Spider-Man, which is 
cross gen. No, it's coming to PS only PS5. I don't. Do remember. we want to call? It, do we want to start calling it like half gen? <laughs> I don't know. But like, I can't. I can't even remember what launch titles they have. Right. Did they have any? Because well, here's why you can't remember them because nothing blew you away. Is that well, they're not showing us anything that justifies a next gen leap. Yeah, so that's that's been the interesting thing about how, and I think you know, obviously COVID has something to do probably with some of this. Like we're not getting these big presentation reveals at E3, but also like they had more time now to put these things together, and we're still like at the very entry <laughs> stage of marketing for next gen. Um, and so and we're four months away, right? And so for me, it's like okay, so we know there's a lot of next gen com stuff coming but like it doesn't feel like we're ready to launch next gen yet and at least i don't feel ready you know no nothing that i've seen so far says like i have to upgrade right away right and like in previous generations you know you get these you know is maybe as poorly received as it was like rise for the xbox one when that was shown off was like okay this looks incredible mm -hmm. te technically that makes me want to upgrade uh and then sony had Killzone Shadowfall, which looked like a, a full next generation leap. And I, and I think, you know, at this point, we're not really going to get those big next generation leaps anymore. Things are going to look incrementally better, right. which is fine. But again, it's... But then, but then where where's the incentive to upgrade? Where it's like... Well, that's like to keep said, up with current tech, like you would upgrade your phone and all that. Exactly. <laughs> well, well, then, like, then the only incentive to upgrade is FOMO, right? Is like you just want to play the latest thing, so you have to do get the latest piece of right. of hardware, and and like from from a consumer side, from a business side, I I feel like they are intentionally holding back gameplay footage because they know it looks current gen yeah that and, and it, it's not ready like we've only you know there well what was interesting me like even like the xbox showcase and i maybe sony's too i can't recall but like unreal engine 5 was revealed before those showcases happened as mm -hmm. like brand new tech and then now we're now they're saying like oh these games are being developed on unreal engine 5 but it's like okay but like how long have you had that tech how far along is, are these games <laughs> right un unavowed from obsidian it's like yeah we're building on unreal engine 5 but it's our next big RP you know triple a rpg but okay and and like it's it's weird because like fans fans wanted to see what's coming later right mm -hmm. and that's fine but it's you know like I thought we were long due past all the CGI trailers and all that because I feel like I feel like during this gen we went, it was weird. Like we started off the gen with like Microsoft showing off Scalebound and all these games that never ended up happening, uh, yeah. and, they, and they showed off stuff too early. Then like Sony and Microsoft both got roasted for that for showing off things too early and and mm. those games not happening or or taking seven eight years to come out. And then they all switch gears and like okay we'll just reveal the game a few months before it comes out. And now they're trying to do that with the consoles, and it's like, okay, but are we really ready? I don't know. <laughs> like, well, sure. that's the, that's the thing is like they're they're basically just giving us the spreadsheet of all the games, which is fine. Like, if you just want to say, here's a list of games that are coming out in the genre, that's fine. Yeah. 
But if you're not going to give us gameplay footage, maybe don't have a big reveal event. You know? Or call it a you games know? showcase when it's really a games Ooh. preview case. It's a, no, it's a games list <laughs> a, is what it yeah. is. It's like, here's the list of games that we are working on. Here is some pre-rendered footage. Uh, here are the genres. That's all they're giving us. Yeah, I mean, geez. Yeah. I'm, we still showed off more gameplay in our showcase and we had 80 trailers. <laughs> well, you know, with, with the Escapist Indie Showcase, we also then live streamed as much of the gameplay right. as we could afterwards to show off the actual games. Yeah, and well, that's that's like where my biggest concern is. is like, you know, we, like, thinking back to the Sony Showcase, did we get any gameplay demos? Ratch we got Ratchet and Clank. That was one. But even that's not a launch title. Hmm. Yeah. I think that was it. We didn't see anything of Horizon Zero Dawn yet, besides the trailer, right. which was in engine and it looked great. Uh, great engine. Great engine. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I can't remember anything else. <laughs> and then, no, well, and then today with Xbox, we saw Halo and that was it. <laughs> so I'm like, And so, you know, like the, the question is, are they going to pull out something that gets everyone excited at the last minute or are they unceremoniously going to release the Xbox, the PlayStation 5, and then hope that the games come afterwards? Well, I, th I think I think what's going to end up happening and what they're doing with that pandemic is, like, there's so much going on this summer. Mm -hmm. And even without E3, like, look at how many showcases we've had. Like, you can't even keep up with them anymore, right? So yeah. I think they're biding their time to show off this stuff right before those consoles launch so that they can generate the most amount of hype possible and people are like I have to go out and buy this right now. I think that I think that's I think that's what they're doing. You think and they're saving everything to the last minute? I, I think they are just to really like, you know, this big marketing blitz of like get it every on everybody's mind, show them all the gameplay now like hey, it's all ready, let's go. Let's do this. Uh because it's, it's just I guess it's just weird and why we're talking about it is because like if E3 had happened last mm -hmm. month in June like if they had shown off just trailers like this and no demos and no hands-on previews or anything because like you know we haven't even gone out to do any big next-gen previews lately right it would have been like where where is everything you know <laughs> that would have been the conversation for the rest of the year and I think now without E3 they kind of have the time to, to space it out and it's not all just one big chunk which I think is okay but it's also like with Xbox and their and their marketing and I guess you know Sony did a better job of it but you know Xbox is like okay last month we show you the console and some stuff mm -hmm. then today is supposed to be the game showcase and we're, everybody was expecting like hey we're going to finally see what the Series X is capable of and they botched it again. <laughs> like, and as, as excited as I am for Halo, and I, I loved what I saw of the gameplay, and like, and mm -hmm. then the first thing I go on see on Twitter is like this really bad looking screenshot. I'm like, oh god, like, <laughs> is this is this next gen? Because that doesn't look it. And it's fine. Like graphics aren't everything. I'm not too worried about that. I'm honestly, I'm honestly, as somebody that's recently moved to PC gaming, I'm more excited about the performance. Mm -hmm. capabilities of the consoles i really don't care if I, you know i care but it's not like the most important thing to me anymore if a game just looks out of this fucking world all the right. time because i think that's that's going to be part of our discussion next week is like you know sony's games all look uh, amazing graphically mm -hmm. right but lately like it's been and i think elijah's writing an editorial on this their games have been like open world action adventure all of them with a different world different character 
Right. So funny, I've also been playing Ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Stealth, action, adventure, open world with crafting. Ugh, every game. But getting back to like the, the next gen stuff, like you know, you were saying like nothing has made you excited to upgrade yet. Right. And and I think it's gonna take more than shinier graphics to do that for me as well. Mm-hmm. Because like one thing that excited me about Control, for example, was all the the physics and everything in that mm-hmm. game. And when you put on ray tracing, it looks next gen already. Uh, so I think like in general, yeah, we just we just need to start seeing gameplay. It's come, four it's four on. months out. <laughs> Give it to us. Give it to us. Give us the gameplay. Very last on the docket. I know this isn't very exciting, but I I I think uh, you and I before anything's announced, let's make a little. Let's see if we can if we can uh, make a little wager and be on top of this. Nick, who do you think's gonna break first, Microsoft or Sony? Who's revealing the price first? Right now, Sony and Microsoft are in a little bit of a cold war. Neither want to give us the price until the other one gives it first. I think Microsoft's gonna break first, and we're gonna see a price for the Xbox Series X before we see it for the PlayStation. So I, I'll, I'll say. I agree it's going to be Microsoft first, uh, mm-hmm. but we also know that like Microsoft isn't like doesn't have as much concern over how many Xboxes they sell anymore because right. they're selling the Xbox ecosystem with the PCs and, and Games Pass and, and Xbox. Mm-hmm. It's all tied together. So I don't think they're that concerned and they can sell it at a loss and be okay while Sony really can't do that. Uh, so it does. I don't. I don't think that matters. I, and I think the reason they're holding off on prices so long isn't necessarily to undercut it one another. I think right now would be a very poor time to say, "Hey, come pre-order a $500 game console when we're in the middle of a pandemic and people are just struggling to, you know, keep a paycheck." So the last, sure. you know, you you put out there that, "Hey, this new console is going to be $500." Everybody's going to be like, "Oh, like I can't afford it. I'm done." That's oh, pushing so out of mind, think, out of mind. You think that's uh, they're they're intentionally withholding the price to avoid any sort of negative connotation towards their system yeah i think so i I would that's where that's where i think because i mean like it's gonna be i think the price range is gonna be between 400 and 600 and then they have the two different versions for both where they just haven't shown lockhart yet which is the the weaker version of the series x and i'm sure there's probably i think jess corden uh had rumor about a fully digital version which would make sense because sony mm-hmm. did that too which is going to be even cheaper again i think who knows yeah uh but yeah i, I think um i think in the end like microsoft and sony are all just are, are biding their time mm-hmm. get past the pandemic so that's not on everybody's mind sure which it's gonna resurge in november so that's not good either <laughs> obviously but uh yeah i think i think i think what's gonna happen is you know, Ubisoft just announced their next forward is in September, mm-hmm. uh, and then I'm sure Xbox and Sony are both going to do a, another digital direct by that time as well. Mm-hmm. Pre-orders open up in September, around that time, October, and then they launch late November. And I think in between that time, we'll finally see games. What that means, Maybe. I don't know because fingers you know, crossed. Well, they both they've both said we haven't shown off everything we've got. I think I think what they did, I think they're doing it kind of backwards. Like they showed off games that are like 2021, 2022, and these two showcases, right? Mm-hmm. And then I think the, the Blitz is when they're going to show off games that are going to be coming out 
sooner, but the blitz. I like that. Expect the blitz. That, that's that's what I'm that's what I'm calling it. I mean, like sure. they they know they have to present the consoles and they have to present the gameplay. So I think yeah. You know, they have the luxury right now, if you want to call it that, of biding their time, mm-hmm. polishing these games up as much as possible, which now retrospectively, I think they should have waited for Halo. <laughs> as, as excited as I was to see it, there was a lot of popping and ugly textures and stuff. But whatever, <laughs> you know, game looks fine. Uh, but I think I think that's what they're doing. I think just they're polishing everything up. They're getting all the, the feedback, the social media feedback. Mm-hmm. That's what I would be doing. But you know, they have a way of subverting our expectations and fucking it up. So, hey, <laughs> always count on big corporations to mess things up. All right. Well, great. That was this week's episode. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Once again, my name is Jack Packard, semi-professional video game enjoyer here for The Escapist. And I'm the Calandra, wannabe industry analyst and the editor-in-chief of The Escapist. <laughs> Whoa, wannabe. <laughs> I've made some pretty good predictions. <laughs> you, you're, you're killing it. I did kill I your know. sound machine. Oh, that's right. <laughs> All right, bye everyone.